0: By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Where do you find your endurance? What are the sources that help you to endure? Our gospel lesson from Luke that Christopher just read is actually filled with a message of promise, but the good part is very easy to miss because of all those terrible things that are happening. But remarkably, all those terrible things are not unlike a lot of things happening in our world today, wars and insurrections, betrayals, famines, plagues, floods, fires. And Luke is warning his listeners that things are going to fall apart. And his promise is that there's something to hold fast to. There are raging rivers fearful fires, but the flames will not consume and the floods will not overwhelm. Things will fall apart, Luke's Gospel is saying, but we will be okay. What can that possibly mean and how can it happen? I'm so glad to be here together as this community of Trinity witnesses and participates In two baptisms this morning, Elliot and Grace will be baptized in this community sacrament and initiation ceremony. We receive Elliot from the arms of Catherine and Grace, and as Grace stands for baptism, each of them open their lives in the waters of baptism to the purposes of God for them. They enter a universal spiritual household that we all gathered here today represent for them. So as we welcome them, here is my hope for all the rest of us. I pray that today is an awakening to the love of God as a way of endurance. In our lives. As they make the promises that we witness and bless, we renew for ourselves a sense of belonging to the spiritual household and to each other as a source of endurance. I've known Catherine since she was a very young girl because her family were members of the parish that I served in Lincoln, so who would have guessed that years later, her parents, Susan and Tim, who will lead us in the prayers, would end up having a home in Concord and be introduced to this community as we all join together in Elliot and Grace's baptism. As we all come into this sacred space, let us just pause for a moment of silence to open that still, small place in each one of us where we meet the presence of God. Let's lay down the anxiety that we carry, all that bears down on us, and come in to the power and beauty of this present moment together. Baptism is a sacrament of endurance. Baptism ushers our lives into the no matter what love of God, which is a bedrock for us to build our life on. Baptism is an act that can't be undone. It's a conviction. We belong to God, and the conviction holds fast when we cannot pray, when we stop going to church, when we're confused and misdirected, when we don't feel God pays attention to us, when we feel the world has gone mad. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, not the feeling, the conviction of things unseen. An outward sign a tangible moment today for Elliot and Grace when they are handed over and named and loved in a way that is of another order than our biological or adoptive parents can give to us. No matter what successes or failures you endure, I will be with you. No matter where you move or what you go through, that whole list, that Christopher laid out for us a few minutes ago. No matter what, in baptism we belong no longer simply to a biological tribe or an adopted tribe, but to a spiritual community that lives by other rules. God's house, God's house is not like my house, and maybe it's not like your house. In my house, our moods and our fatigue and demands and decisions and conflicts, they all challenge the way we love each other. But those limitations don't exist in God's house. God's love cannot be reduced when we mess up. Can you believe that? God's love for us cannot be reduced when we mess up. And God's love cannot be improved when we achieve and get it all right. It's of another order. And it's to that love that in baptism our particular unrepeatable selves are offered for God's purposes in the world and we in turn are given the love and forgiveness that endures for the long call of life. At the close of the baptism, we as a community will say to Grace and to Elliot, we receive you into the household of God. Confess the faith of Christ crucified, proclaim his resurrection, and share with us in his eternal priesthood. This is the only place in all of our liturgies, where the priesthood of every single believer is acknowledged. In those words of welcome that you will say to Eliot and Grace, that are not well-practiced in our church, baptism is for each and every person who offers their personality, their minds, their hearts, their weaknesses, their strengths to God's purposes in the world. It bothers me that this sacrament is not lived out fully in the church. Just think about it. for those very very few of us. Okay, we I mean, may maybe other clergy around this morning, but okay, two, look at the crowd, okay, two of us. Look what the church does. If you happen to be called into the clergy, all kinds of time and effort are put into process of our vocational call, going to seminary, preparation, exams that we have to take, and then the huge ritual celebrations of ordinations and consecrations and installations, all to recognize our vocational call from the waters of our baptism. Why isn't this kind of celebration an acknowledgement offered by the church for the vocational calls of every baptized person? On a fall afternoon, when I served at Berkeley Divinity School, at Yale Divinity School, I walked downtown to City Hall in New Haven from up on the hill where the Divinity School is to witness the swearing-in of a new police chief. I was part of a clergy pastoral response team that worked with the local police. And we met each month with the chief of police, and I'd gotten to know the one that was outgoing, and I'd gotten to know actually, he was an Episcopalian, was the incoming police chief. I'll never forget walking into sparkling City Hall that day to see rows of chairs all lined up in the open foyer. And they were filled with officers in uniform, and as music began the procession, we all stood and we sang, and the new police chief asked his mother to read from the scripture, and there were testimonials, and we said prayers together, and local clergy sang, and then there was a swearing-in ceremony that acknowledged his life being given over to the care and safety of others. And as I left the service that day, I thought, City Hall is doing what the church needs to do. Because I knew that he had been at church last Sunday and he would be at church again this Sunday, and there would be no recognition in the sacraments, in the liturgies, in the prayers of our church for the sacred oath that he had taken to live out of his baptismal vows for this new role that he had taken on as the chief of police in the city of New Haven. And there's all of your stories, all of your stories of the commitments and the vows and the promises that you've made to all the things that you do in the world that come out of the teachings of Jesus and out of the waters of baptism. You teach and read and study and discover and design and create. And what you do is as important in making God's love known to this world as a Christopher do. When you make the decision to be a teacher or a plumber or a doctor or a lawyer, a contractor, a postal office worker, a lab technician, a nurse, a parent, an artist, a business owner, the church needs to celebrate your vocational calls in the world because they rise out of God's claim on you and God's love for you in the waters of baptism. The sacraments of the church are for you, and they're for your life in the world to give you strength, to give you a home to come to, to give you the love and forgiveness that help you to endure. Nothing we can do, nothing the world can do to us, will ever keep us from being a child of God by virtue of our baptism, marked as Christ's own forever.